Welcome to another episode. I am V, and this is the Sussex Set. I'm back, girls. I'm back. It's been a long month, but I'm back. Apple Computer and Twitter and Hurricane Sally tried to end my career, but bad bitches take a long time to die. Girl, I'm here. I'm back. <laughs> What's up, guys? And thank you guys, as always, for tuning in. Of course, I might be a little bit rusty just because... I haven't done this in like a month and a half, (laughs) but in case you do not know, for those of you who just may not have seen any of the posts, I had to get a new computer. So uh, I was in the middle of recording the the first episode 50. This is episode 50 technically, but uh, the first one, which that news is so old now, um, and my computer just went kaput. So I had to get another one. Took a while because A hella expensive. Uh, But then B, by the time I got the computer, it was closer to the end of September. And then I also have a full-time job. So finding time to actually do it once I got everything and got my equipment set up because the configuration is, the setup is totally different now with this different computer uh, from what I'm used to. Uh, So I'm having to kind of relearn stuff, but I tried to post everywhere on my old Twitter. (laughs) I will will tell you about the new Twitter at some later date um, and Instagram as well as on uh, YouTube that I would be out for a while. So if you missed that message, apologize, Uh, but I'm back. Here I am. And again, of course, thank you guys for tuning in. And on that same note, I have to give a huge thank you to... Four people who private message me on Twitter and on Instagram of their own choosing and said, hey, can we contribute to your cost of a new computer? And I was so touched by that. So I have to dedicate this episode to those four ladies. You probably follow most of them or if not all of them on either Twitter or or Instagram. But uh, Madeline... Thank you so much, Girl Tima on Twitter. Uh, Chef Celeste, thank you so much for your kindness and consideration. Uh, Miss Pamela, thank you. Love you guys. And of course, Miss Ina, I really appreciate all four of you. Uh, thank you so much for contributing. It wasn't something that I was going to like solicit. You know, it just took me a little bit of extra time, but I thank you guys so much just for your kindness and um, for just selflessly contributing to the upgrade. You exemplify what makes the squad so incredible to me. And so thank you. And as well to my set fam at Patreon. Thank you guys so much. I love and appreciate you. That definitely came in handy and I was able to make up the cost for the rest of it, the majority of it. But I really appreciate you guys for standing in support uh, for as long as you have. Uh, So Thank you guys. And of course, everybody listening for your support here on YouTube, as well as Apple Podcasts, but but most of the listens actually come from YouTube. So, and while I'm doing thank yous, let me go ahead and thank CamFed. And again, thank all of you for your contributions to that incredible fundraiser for uh, educating at least 112 girls uh, and giving them the opportunity to change their paths in life, learn a skill, uh, change their families' paths. Uh, 
I didn't even get a chance to talk about that. That was that was the one thing I think I was most sort of sad about at the time because I was just recording a podcast after Harry and Megan had made that huge contribution uh, to finish the fundraiser on Harry's birthday. And, you know, things just kind of went south, but I, I just had to mention it here. What an incredible thing we all took part of and have continued to really for the last couple of years. But for me, that was just, it It made me so proud uh, to be a part of the squad because something that starts as grassroots and is still largely gra- grassroots, but was organized by Danny, by Free Peeper and given life by all of you guys on Twitter, Instagram, spreading uh, the links, you know, Sussex Squad podcast, everybody, just everybody. Um, just getting fully behind this uh, fundraiser and then to ultimately see how it ended where Harry and Megan matched the full donations that we had raised. I mean, it really blew my mind and gosh, give yourselves a round of applause because it, that's something that we're going to be able to look back at. We're going to be able to track. We're going to if Ken Fed wants to share that with us and and see how these girls are doing and how this opportunity has changed their 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 lives and and the things that they decide to do with that. Uh, we know that when a girl is educated, the communities become stronger, families become stronger, and women's voices become elevated. And so thank you to all of you for helping to keep those voices elevated and for helping us to give those women, those girls, 100 plus of them, uh, a chance to strengthen their communities and their countries and their families and themselves. So big thank you. Speaking of paths in life, Harry and Megan's paths seem to be getting clearer and clearer by the day. And I love that. Uh, We saw Megan giving a video message of support to an America's Got Talent uh, singer, Archie. I thought that was cute (laughs) because we know her, Archie. Um, Looking gorgeous in her leather pants. And uh, we saw her and Harry with the Evening Standard talking about Black History Month and systemic racism in England in her leather pants and her cutout knit top. I mean, A, Megan is a fly girl. We know that. But B, is she trying to push the girls over the edge? Because she seems to be daring somebody to try her. <laughs> like, I'm really getting that vibe from Megan, but I really, I, I love it. Uh, I love how comfortable she seems. I know a lot of the initiatives and a lot of the um I don't even want to call them engagements anymore girl but a lot of what they're sharing with us is taking place in their own home because of the pandemic but it it just she just looks so light and comfortable and and happy in her own home in her own country with her family without the scrutiny of you know the British media just trying to see every little thing that she does that is what I have enjoyed the absolute most. The outfits are nice. Queen always looks beautiful. She does. You know, Harry looks happy. Again, he is a happy hostage. Uh, 
sarcasm girl but yeah he looks happy people call him a hostage but that's the happiest hostage i have ever seen um and i love the fact that we haven't seen archie because that means nobody else has seen him you know so and and can try to profit from his image and so i i absolutely love the things that they're doing every once in a while we've seen them go out where they they're like with the uh baby to baby handing out um, you know, essential items for young children and school supplies as kids were starting the school year, but most of it has been virtual and they haven't been stingy with their time. And I totally appreciate that. But I love that Megan is, she's able to really just sit in who she is and be comfortable with that without the fear of scrutiny and judgment, but then also the feeling of being boxed in which she was when she was in England I love it and even though the British media and the tabloids and the daily mail and the mail on Sunday they continue to try to attack Megan which they're going to right because they want to profit off of her but the difference is she's free the difference is she she doesn't have to subject herself to that and they can't really touch her you know so on top of all of that she's suing you so your articles can't even be taken seriously because they have to have the disclosure above it so in essence the attempt at bullying by these same publications can be laughed at and it's good to see that they are actually being laughed at by just about everybody because it's not nor has it ever been serious journalism one of the trends I've noticed, and I've also mentioned this in recent podcasts, was this consistent trend of some of the same blowhards calling for Harry and Meghan's titles to be removed. Every time Harry and Meghan open their mouths, it's let's get their titles to be removed or the queen, you must remove their titles. Most recently, it was Harry and Meghan announcing their initiative for highlighting young people doing great things in England for Black History Month and speaking out about white privilege and how when you're white and rich you are ahead of people by default nobody in their right mind would question that in terms of like opportunities but nobody would question that right but they are so not used to Harry or anybody in the royal family speaking that kind of tea to the world uh, that they are so taken aback. And of course, Megan gets the blame because somehow she's supposed to have put a spell on him. Remember, he's a hostage, right? But no, just because the guy, and first of all, I think the British media can thank themselves for that. Some of these same people calling for these titles to be removed. You can thank yourself for Harry's awakening if you will because if you had treated his wife like she deserved dignity which she does and maybe even just ignored her race and ignored the fact that she was an American and ignored the fact that she was a feminist and pretty much ignore them the same way you ignore Will and Kate maybe there wouldn't be a need for Harry to speak out about white privilege and systemic racism, structural racism with the energy that he is speaking out about it now. 
because he came to a country that was in the midst of turmoil, you know, straight after the protests out of Minneapolis. As a non-American, he could very well ignore that and nobody would care. Like nobody would force him to say, well, why, what's your thought? What's your opinion on this? Because he, he doesn't really have any background with it because he's not American. He spent the vast majority of his life in England. But since you treated his wife the way you treated his wife and he got to see firsthand that actually it ain't just America that has some things that they need to work out. It's actually where he comes from too. And not just the country, but like the family firsthand. So no, you don't get to get mad at Harry speaking out about structural racism or white privilege or any of that. But what is it about it that makes that makes you so uncomfortable that you would go so far as to call for a blood princess titles to be removed as if that's ever going to happen. I already said that would be the last nail in the coffin of the whole institution. The queen ain't going to do that because first of all, they were a gift. Secondly, Harry and Meghan don't even use the titles. And then thirdly, how, how petty would that make people look? So if you claim to be a monarchist and a royalist, that's the last thing you actually want to happen. But to be honest, I wonder whether this call for their titles to be removed is less of a plea to the queen to actually remove their titles, which again, she would never do, but more of a dog whistle to the right wing minions and Karens that regularly listen to Piers Morgan and Dan Wooten's dribble. Truly, they don't care about those titles. I think these types of cries are motivated by their selfish instincts that if they can just keep up the hate circles around their comment sections and then they can pull a few more people in and adopt them into their petty worldviews that they will continue to somehow get clicks in revenue. But it's it's actually tiring. And so the more they actually call for it, every time Harry and Meghan make a virtual appearance, it's we need to have them remove this they don't realize that it's actually taking the sting out of the idea. Because at this point, you're really just crying wolf and people are like tired of hearing it. At this point, it's all for show. Like we know the royal family is generally terrible and have proven that since Meghan and Harry married, but removing their titles just seals the deal for the rest of the world. Because with all that is going on in the world, Harry and Meghan's titles seem pretty low on the list of things to be worried about. Like the Queen and Charles should be focusing on how to keep the monarchy around in a way that they actually mean something to people, especially the people that are funding them, because people will lose interest very quickly. And just because Dan Wooten and Piers Morgan have big mouths and they have platforms that people tune into, that doesn't mean that they actually speak for the rest of the country. So they and a handful of others might quite literally be the only ones that give a damn about those titles. And on that same note, a title doesn't make you great. It doesn't make you intelligent. There's so much proof of that. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't make you confident. It doesn't make you relatable. It doesn't make people like you. 
A title doesn't make you who you are. And we saw evidence of that in many of Megan's interviews, Harry and Megan's, but Megan in particular, she is really just a dynamite interviewer, isn't she? Interviewer and interviewee, because we've seen both here this this year since they've been in California. But one thing that struck me about Megan's interview, particularly the one with Fortune Summit, which there's another one coming up, by the way, uh, October 13th. So make sure you look out for that one. But Megan's poise and her intelligence, she demonstrates it so easily and on the fly, speaking extemporaneously, if you will. They're going to have to stop trying, my girl. She is so well-spoken, so intelligent, and so in command of her worldview and how she sees herself. She runs laps around anyone, not just in the royal family, but anyone that works for anyone in the royal family, girl. And I don't have a way to substantiate that. I don't. But girl, all you need to do is go back to the the Heads Together interview where they tried to make them all out to be the Fab Four, where, you know, they were still engaged. They weren't even married at that point. And that was where she first stated in a royal context and an engagement context that she was a proud feminist girl. We saw her right there. And it's funny because I always look back at that video. And I remember the first time I watched it, I was like, Oh yeah, she's going to be a problem. Not because she is a problem, but they're going to see her as a problem because they're just not used to women who think for themselves. They're not used to women who are okay with being exactly who they are and speaking about things that they care about. Uh, and certainly not feminism, right? But I knew then, and now that she's able to actually go back to, because this is nothing that is new to Megan. She's not a stranger to giving interviews. She's not a stranger to uh, going on shows and, and talking about things that matter. She's never just been the dumb actress, girl. Don't so, so don't try my girl, okay? She's never been that, even though they tried to make her out to be that, even though they tried to say that she was only that. Um, no, the receipts are there. I know all her haters then combed over the receipts. So um, the receipts are there, but it's just so nice to see her on this side of what she went through, like back to doing what she does so well, knowing what she went through and knowing that that voice could have been on the verge of being silenced if Megan didn't know who she was, if Megan wasn't raised by a strong black woman you feel or a strong woman period but since so much of it has been made about race yes a strong black woman she knows who she is and it's sad to say but that's what makes her so loved and so hated especially in a royal context but if you're hating on a woman just because she's self-assured not because she's actually a bad person but just because she's a, a confident person then it says more about you than it does the woman you're hating on but in the clip that I've seen circulating on Twitter, it's about four minutes or so, the interviewer, Emma Hinchcliffe, she asks Megan a question and Megan's response to it was so brilliant because she answered every part of the question in a very calm way, that calm way she always does, but being specific enough that we know what she's referring to and part of what she's referring to is her experience over the last few years when she was in England but vague enough that it wasn't really naming names or magnifying any single experience. Masterful, masterful. I mean, 
the poise that it takes to not completely shame your abusers. Because you're better than me, Megan. <laughs> you're better than me, sister friend, because, I mean, but we could, I mean, we love her. But the people that hate on her the most, like, you could learn from this woman. Learn from her. Stop trying to project onto her what you are yourself, right? Have dignity, you know, be confident. Learn how to respect yourself instead of hating someone who actually does that. They're literally a model for you, one that you refuse to accept. That's one thing that I just always found so ironic in this whole process, especially, you know, let's just name it, the other duchesses fans are uh, the ones that drive a lot of that hatred, so much so that even just today with the Teenage Therapy podcast where Harry and Meghan are going to be guests on, that they had to turn off the comments just to avoid some of the hate that comes from a Meghan post to websites, podcasts, brands that are just minding their business you know, and dropping Harry and Meghan's name the way they should be, given that Harry and Meghan was willfully affiliated with them for whatever it happened to be, in this case, a podcast. They have to turn off the comments because these dogs just, you know, they find Meghan's name anywhere and they have to spill their hatred all over the place and their toxicity. Just try to be better, you know, try to be more like Meghan, because if you were like Meghan, your attitude wouldn't be so funky. She's doing what she needs to do to expose her bullies and she's doing it with class and every little thing Harry and Meghan do, even though they're literally an ocean and a continent away from where they were, uh, the royal family seems to uh, copy as much of it as they can because there's not one original thought behind those palace walls. Not one. That's evident. For example, the royal family, as far as I know, I, I again, you know, I don't watch all that close. I'm a, I'm a Sussex supporter, not a royalist or a uh, royal watcher. But as far as I know, they haven't actually acknowledged Black History Month until Harry and Meghan just did. Um, so Harry and Meghan t continue to be the standard. We know that. But on that same token, how about the fact that Harry and Meghan's absence from the royal family is actually doing the royal family in much quicker than we thought it would? People are saying, hey, the brothers were close and the royal family need them. They need them to be close in order to survive. Oh, well, because that ship has most certainly sailed and everything you banked on happening when Harry and Meghan were there. And when they left, none of it came to be. So in this new book by a dude called Robert Lacey, don't know who he is. I know he said some not so nice things about Megan, but he has this book that he's trying to write. I guess he's trying to compete with the old maid girl because you're probably going to fail. But he's claiming to have the real royalty. I don't even know what this book is called, but it did make the rounds last week or in the last couple of weeks because of his claim that Will and Harry's relationship not being as close as it used to be, at least in the eyes of the, the viewing public, is damaging to the monarchy, as damaging to the monarchy as Princess Diana's death. First of all, 
insensitive comparing a woman's tragic death to Will's outright refusal to be happy for his little brother. That's not quite the same thing. But also, the royal family brought Harry's departure on themselves. But he's quoted as saying that the whole strategy of the monarchy was based on them sticking together and that Meghan came along and changed all that, saying, quote, she's difficult and she has an incredible and dangerous level of self-belief. See, this is why they're going to continue to fail. That's another dog whistle. How is that dangerous? How is self-belief actually dangerous? You know, they love to find these adjectives and apply them to things that don't even make sense to apply them to. A dangerous level of self-belief. All the woman did was get married. Was she supposed to kowtow everywhere she went? Because I know that's what you wanted. And, and they weren't really all that shy about the fact that they wanted Megan to basically bow down to everybody and just thank everybody for allowing her to be there, you know? But that's not who she is. And that's not who Harry married. And the fact that Will couldn't even be happy for his little brother, for finding someone that he loves, that he can build with, and marrying for love, given how rare that is over there. You couldn't even be happy for his brother. But then if the royal family or if the idea of the modern monarchy was built on Harry and Will being close, it ain't Harry that messed that up. I mean, I believe that's complete BS, but let's go with it. It ain't Harry that messed it up. And just like it wasn't him that messed up, it's not his responsibility to fix it. Harry cares about his grandma and the rest of y'all can do what y'all gonna do. He's going on about his day and his life. Uh, I don't know how he can make it more obvious, but if they hadn't mistreated the boy for his whole life, particularly the press, and then the family somehow allowing that to happen, especially after Diana died, maybe he would want to try to stick around. But not if you're going to disrespect his wife and put his unborn child in harm's way. You know, it's just like we keep going back to the same things because it's like, how are people forgetting this? But the true bottom line is that Harry and Will were not close, in my opinion. They weren't as close as people think they were, even before Megan came along. And Harry was quick to say, y'all think you know me, but you don't. Y'all think you know us, but you do not. And when Harry got old enough, he saw the opportunity he had by being a prince. And therefore, he started to work and use that for good. And adulthood showed that Harry and Will are not alike at all. It's easy to kind of lump them together when they're kids, when they're dressed alike, when they're teenagers. But adulthood is where your path is truly carved. And yeah, they are brothers, but that's where the comparison basically stops. Tell me one thing William has done and founded on his own. Like completely on his own, where you can look at it and you can tell the idea came out of his head. Harry founded Centibale. He collaborated with that as a co-founder. And he founded the Invictus Games because that's what he wanted to do. Now, that's not saying that he created the idea of a games like the Invictus Games. Harry is very 
upfront about the fact that he was inspired by the warrior games in the United States. But he got something and he created something that he can now tailor to his own country and help people that he served alongside. And he's been very passionate about it from the day of its inception. And he did those things as a young man. He's still a young man. Harry will tell you that he is a senior citizen these days, but he's still a young man. But he was he was even younger than he is now when he founded these things, right? Will worked as a medevac pilot and didn't even like to show up for work half the time, or so the story goes. So they're cut from two completely different claws, and that was evident even before Megan showed up. But when she showed up, any of that frivolous stuff that was left in Harry, that was burned away because he got very serious about the direction of his life once he met Megan. And what Harry did was he got on his business as a husband and as a father because he quickly became both after meeting Megan. But you know what the royal family did? Allegedly, Will and the rest of the royal family, they got petty and they hatched a plan to nip that newfound drive in the bud. And this is to the point where they drove them out of the country. And this is the same last couple of years that, that I'm talking about here. So they didn't want Harry to actually ever have a voice. And we see that often with the spares. They don't want them to have a voice because the heir is the one who's supposed to be promoted. But Harry has always been very deliberate about making sure he had a voice. In, in that same way that Megan does, making sure that he knows what his voice is. And I really feel like they wanted that voice to be silenced because Harry refused to let the royal family and the tabloids diminish and demean his wife. He was very vocal about it, even from when Megan wasn't even his fiance yet. Harry gonna use that voice. That's what you're gonna know about him. Because, it, 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 and if you really think about it, what reason does he have not to? Because they're going to diminish his voice anyway, so he may as well use it. They've, they've done that his whole life until it was time for them to use him, you know, to usher the family into the modern age. Yeah, he was going to speak up regardless. But when they saw that the world was looking on and that the world was really rooting for them as the Duke and Duchess of Sussex in England, rooting for them to succeed and you know, caring about the things that they do and their engagements and all of their engagements are making news. They tried to silence Harry. It's all manipulation and that's why it's so dirty. And that's why I don't, I, I'm never gonna like these people. You know, it's very gaslighty, but Harry regards and has always regarded his wife as someone who is worthy of respect. Not as someone who is just supposed to breed and stand in the shadows so that her husband can be out in front. That's not who he married. And he knows that's not who he married. That's not who he wanted to marry. And it's nice to see that a man who respects his wife and her voice and her ideas is proud to stand up and say that. Like Harry stays hyping his wife. He does not get jealous. He doesn't resent her popularity. He's not intimidated by her intelligence. Harry is a man and the same can't be said for his brother. I'm sorry, because Will looks constipated every time Kate opens her mouth to speak. And she's not someone who's good at speaking off the cuff like Megan is anyway. And that's not necessarily to shame anybody. Some people are just better at it than others. But 
the sad thing is she would get better if she were encouraged to do so and to speak more often. Real talk. If they gave her a reason to do that in the eight years that she served as decoration, she would be a better public speaker. She would be more comfortable in her skin speaking when she's asked questions. But instead, she became a stepper wife instead of a woman who actually has something to say. So in a lot of ways, she became the anti-Diana. Instead of being who you are, being proud of who you are, knowing who you are, just follow your husband's lead and do as you're told. And if you're as lazy as William, you need a wife who's going to be lazy with you because that's the brand. Just like Harry and Meghan have a different brand because they have different paths and different aims in life, which is to say the polar opposite. So this is why I don't buy that Harry and Will were so close because to be honest, Will just seems like the jealous type to me. He's never had to work for anything. He's always been told how he's great. And then when someone somehow gets more praise than him, whether it's his brother or his black wife, that's a problem. He doesn't know how to handle it. This is as it appears to me. He needs someone who's going to hype him all the time, as opposed to being the person who hypes up other folks. Harry and Meghan, do you notice this? They stay hyping up other people. And it's so genuine. They stay highlighting other people. And they hype each other up. They hype each other up. Do you know how often Harry says my wife and how Megan says, oh, my husband. And this is what my husband, honey, this is my husband. This is my man. My mans. They stay hyping each other up because they are secure with who they are. And so I, I just don't see how Will and Harry had been so similar. And so to say the monarchy rests on that relationship it's BS. It's BS. That's all I got from the talk of that book. And speaking of other differences between them, I've never known Will to ever talk about structural racism or ending systemic racism. Like never. It's not in his interest. He doesn't, I mean, he doesn't care about it. And I mean, we live in a time where people are comfortable talking about it. Maybe before he, he felt that he never had a reason to. I mean, one would think if you're going to be a king of a country that is not homogenous, okay, it's a lot of it's a lot of people, it's a lot of different backgrounds in England, all right. You would think that that's something that that's a topic that he would have at least broached before, but that's where another difference is. Harry is just not afraid of it. And speaking of ending structural racism, who knew that speaking about it at all? would ruffle so many feathers in England. Like who knew? You want to know who did know? Me and a lot of y'all. I know you did. I know when you saw that video, you said, well, well, here come the tears. Here they come. Girl, let me get my, let me get my mug ready because I'm ready to drink these tears because I'm thirsty. You get your tears and you get your popcorn and you, you enjoy, you enjoy the show because you know that it's coming. You know, the whining and the crying is coming. But I have to say, you know, it's been really nice to see black Brits on social media calling things out and just kind of rising up this year and pointing things out when they're unacceptable in their own country. 
like even before Black Lives Matter protests popped off, Stormzy and the you know the footballer uh, Sterling calling people out with the way that that they've been treated and, and characterized in the press, um, as well as other performers at award show, the rapper Dave comes to mind. But in a lot of different ways, I think Megan's presence in y'all's country has highlighted a lot of things that it seems like to me, and I'm just an observer that at some point in the past, a lot of black Brits would rather forget or non-white Brits would rather forget, um, which is that racism is there and it's alive and well, and it really hasn't gone anywhere. And in hindsight, it seems like the way Megan was treated, it really didn't allow some of y'all to like sit and watch. A lot of y'all did. A lot of y'all did. True, 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 true. A lot of y'all did. But I think that when you combine the fact that she actually left with the conversation that's happening around the world, uh, especially in the West, you're a little bit more, you seem a little bit more comfortable calling it out. I think, I think like a lot of black Brits seem more comfortable calling it out. Yes. You do have those voices that have been consistent over the course of the last three years have been calling it out, but it just seems like there are far more people willing to talk about it because the whole time she was there in that country she was treated like she didn't belong and she didn't deserve or someone like her shouldn't be married to uh, someone who is a prince and y'all's national symbol your royal family Uh, and it was blaringly obvious why that was that being her skin color and I was happy to see that a lot of black Brits really did rally around her that much I can say because we all saw that but I think in a lot of ways classism is ingrained there in ways that it's not as ingrained over here in America that some black Brits also thought well that's her problem you know she's in the royal class not me I don't care about any of those people regardless of their color which that would be fair because again we don't necessarily have that it's kind of like you either have or you don't And where you come from, you know, who your granddaddy was, it may have some weight, but it really doesn't. It really doesn't. Nobody's going to judge you based on whether your your damn granddaddy was a lord or a duke or whatever, girl. We just don't have it. We rejected that shit, remember? So, but that's so ingrained in in English society that a lot of black birds were like, she not my people. She ain't my people. But I don't, I don't know any aristocrats and of course that's their prerogative to feel that way but I don't think that was the majority at all but like fast forward to now where the entire west you know western Europe America just the west is just lurching you know South America lurching to the right at the hands of a few people and conservatism usually comes with a heaping dollop of racism it does. And we all saw that play out when it came to the treatment of Megan in the institution. So I, you know, one of the silver linings I will happen to believe is that it's good that black Brits got reminded because a lot of my English friends will have me believe, well, at some point in the past, they would have me believe that they are English first and black second. And I would always say, no, you're not girl. You just don't know it. But you're really not. Um, or you're not acknowledging it. Who knows? You know, but I'm not one to judge because I 
you know, I don't live there, never have lived there. So, um, who's to say if I did, I wouldn't have a different way of looking at it, but I only know the structures that are here in America, but I see the similarities everywhere I go. Best believe that honey. Cause one, one thing you gonna know about Americans, whether this is good or bad, we are racism experts. We are racism experts. And when you talk about black Americans, girl, we got antennas coming out of everywhere. Cause we, you know, that's how we have survived. This country is very young. This country is very young. And, you know, less than 200 years ago, our ancestors were in shackles as slaves, thanks to the institution that was brought about by y'all motherfuckers over there, you know? So at least chattel slavery. So it's always interesting looking at that dynamic in England versus America. And so now we have Megan back in her country. She's brought her husband. She's brought her child with her living in America. And the first conversation they have is the one about race. That's not an accident. And that has a lot to do with the fact that the world seems to be having that conversation in general, in part due to those protests that happened uh, back in May and June, where things were just crazy in this country. And it just kind of sparked fires all over the West. And, and rightfully so, because it's not an accident that some of the same things that you see happening in America politically are also happening in England, also happening in um, Brazil. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So they're having that conversation. I love that they're not shying away from it. And even though the topic is kind of on trend in 2020. I don't think it'll go away anytime soon. And it's very fitting that they're speaking specifically about structural racism in the country that came from and Harry's own home country. And he's talking quite openly about white privilege. And I respect that because they just lived through something very traumatic as a family. The Sussexes have. They really did. Like that doesn't get appreciated enough. And Harry saw his class and skin privilege firsthand. And we all saw Megan having to work twice as hard just to get half as much respect even as her peers. And here's what Harry said in their joint interview with The Standard. He said, I've had an awakening of such of my own because I wasn't aware of so many of the issues and so many of the problems within the UK and also globally as well. I thought I did, but I didn't. Kudos to him for at least admitting that. If you grew up in a bubble, I'm not going to blame you for not knowing a lot of what's going on in the world because you're so protected in that bubble. And I am going to commend you for stepping out of that bubble. So this is where Harry just continues to have my respect because again, he didn't have to. And I saw someone say on, on Twitter, on my, uh, my my new Twitter account with my new Twitter account. Somebody said on Twitter uh, after the, the evening standard interview, Harry is like that white guy who marries a black woman and he becomes woker than he ever imagined he would ever be. And which is true. Uh, and understand that's because he wants to be. Any human being is going to see the humanity in others, whether they're Pac or non-Pac. If you're worth your salt, I mean as a human being, but he's going to start with his wife and his son first and rightfully so. So good for Harry. The people, the girls want to call for his titles. England girl, you want to have a fit. 
the press, you know, you want to say, well, how dare you lecture us about race? Girl, you go right ahead. Go right ahead. But we're not going to soon forget what y'all did to them. And a lot of what y'all did to them was rooted in race. So you can cry all you want to. You ain't fooling nobody. And kudos to Megan for teaching the world that England had a Black History Month because nobody knew that. I wonder, did Harry even know that? You know, um, no shade, no shade. But like I said, the royal family has not talked about that at all. You can't, like I said on Twitter, you can't shut Black people up about Black History Month. Every year, every year, the world knows Black History Month is in February. If you even pay half attention to what America is doing. Yeah, it's in February. And that's what we do. Every day is dedicated to somebody different. Girl, we gon' we gonna force feed you. We're gonna shove all these facts down your throat. Uh, especially over here. Especially over here. Particularly over here. Because people like to pretend that black history isn't actually American history. And really, that black British history isn't also just British history or English history. Um, it is. They are intertwined, right? But I, I told Tina, I'm just kind of dumbfounded that y'all are not as forceful with it as we are. Because um, I didn't know. I didn't know y'all had a Black History Month. But that is definitely interesting. And I hope that those voices that Harry and Meghan amplified and that they're highlighting continue to do great work over there and to even amplify other voices. History is very important. And it's important for especially in diverse countries, for us to know each other's history and not go away from it because it is your history as well. Um, we're obnoxious about it. And probably so. <laughs> so come on, girls, get with it over there. I don't know what y'all doing, but some gotta change because... <laughs> you see, it was the black American who was like, uh, did y'all know they had a black history month over here too? They got a black history month over here and nobody knew, <laughs> nobody knew. So, uh, we would love to, we would love to be force fed some black history facts from England. Okay. Okay. Cause come February, hunty, you already know what the tea is. Cause that's what we do. That's what we do. Um, but that was, that was really cool. I was happy to learn that. So in other news, the queen in the time of COVID is having a hard time keeping her servants in line. Uh, is it just me or is the royal family suffering embarrassment after embarrassment in the same press they used to try to attack Harry and Meghan? So the queen's servants said, uh, hell no to being isolated with the queen while away from their own families over Christmas. You know, maybe if y'all paid these people more money, they'd be willing to make that kind of sacrifice. Because God knows when the Sussexes were over there, these people couldn't keep their noses in their own business. And they're over there making poverty wages. And one wonders, and not that it makes it right, but one wonders whether courtiers often leak information to the press to supplement their pitiful wages. And they are notoriously pitiful. 
Well, anyway, the queen said, okay, girls, what we're going to do is me, you, and all the other girls, we're going to go have Christmas at Sandringham like we usually do. But this time we're going to isolate and we're going to make it a bubble. They said, actually, girl, you're going to go there by yourself. And I'm going to go back to that hole I crawled out of like I usually do. Because not this year. We don't love you that much. I guess when you spend your whole life depending on servants, you don't know how to do without them. But one would think that, especially this year with the pandemic still going, you know, we're getting ready to go right back into winter in the Northern Hemisphere. You would think that they would have scaled down anyway, but apparently they did not. So uh, that was another embarrassment. And I mean, it just keeps happening to these people. That's just one not to mention Barbados removing the queen as their head of state. And then you have Malta deciding to be petty about their shark tooth that David Attenborough, because I'm going to say it like they say it over there, because I, I really want to say David Attenborough, you know, like the five boroughs of New York, because that's how it's spelled. But David Attenborough, uh, he, he gave, he gave the little the future king, future, future, future king, you know, the little shark tooth. And Malta said, Mm-mm. nah, go on and bring that back. Cause it's ours. It belonged to us. <laughs> that, was, that was so petty. I loved it though. I loved it though, because it's what the girls deserve. It's what the girls deserve. And, and you know, let's never lose sight of that. It's it, 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 not necessarily the children, but the institution as a whole girl, it's what they deserve. And as far as I can remember, a lot of people actually ran with that story just because it's, you know, I guess it was a slow news day. But uh, yeah, they say, yeah, give it, give me me. Give me, give me, give me my belongings back. Y'all got enough of these folks' goods and jewels and artifacts in y'all's British museum. Go on and run that back. And not to mention the fact that Megan uh, has an ancestor who's from Malta. Um, I would like to think that Malta was just being petty on that, on that tip, uh, just because, you know, everybody saw how they did make him, but, um, a wise woman once said, when you do clownery, that clown come back to bite <laughs> and baby, that clown is really biting. He biting now he's biting and, um, Karma hasn't even hit her stride yet, you know? Uh, but speaking of clownery, like, have y'all noticed how Gary Janetti doesn't even post about Megan anymore? And and not that this is a, you know, a burning topic, but he doesn't post about Megan anymore. I didn't get the chance to talk about him. I was going to talk about, I was going to light him up on the last podcast, but he um, doesn't post about Megan anymore. I think it has a lot to do with that HBO deal that he has going where he's uh, making a, a cartoon on their new streaming platform, HBO Max, a uh, cartoon version of his Instagram account where he's parroting, uh, again, a child. Uh, and pretty much around the time Harry and Meghan decided that they were not going to be senior members of the royal family, um, a little bit after that, because he still got his a few jabs in there. But really after that nothing it just went oh you know what it was you know what it was it was a black lives matter protest and I, and I talked about that on this podcast too how it was so hypocritical for him to post things well 
about, you know, Black Lives Mattering and go to this website. No, girl, no. You built your whole Instagram following bullying a black woman. So absolutely not. Please do be quiet. But then after those protests, he hasn't said anything. And for the longest time, he didn't post anything at all. Now, that's one thing. But then recently, he made a post about voting. And all the Trump fans came out to say, yep, we're your followers. And I noticed this a couple weeks ago, just because I was like, huh, well, let me just, I just, when I have a moment, I'll just go through and just kind of see, just to make sure he's keeping Megan's name up out his mouth, right? And I noticed a little picture of, of George wearing a mask that just said, vote, just vote. And boy, the comments, first of all, we've been new, but Trump is a man who can't even condemn white supremacy on the spot. And we we saw that just a few days ago. And we know why his followers are his followers. And I'm talking about Gary. We know why your followers are the makeup that they are. But for them to show themselves in his comment section, so bold, so proud, it honestly had me cackling. And there's no greater evidence than this, that Gary built his following off the back of a black woman, attacking a black woman. And he did it by stoking the flames of hatred among his bigoted followers. Don't matter whether they're from England or whether they're from America, y'all are one and the same. And the very best part to me were all the English Megan haters who couldn't figure out where all the Trump comments came from all of a sudden saying, wait, what? No, 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 no. We don't like Trump. But then I'm like, yeah, but these are your people. These are your people, sis. So don't be mad that they're touting their right wing leader when just a few months ago, y'all were over here kikiing and dropping monkey emojis in the comments together. Like real talk. So don't, don't act like you don't know just because you don't like Trump. Well, yeah, but your friends over here, they do. And y'all get along great. Y'all get along great. And it's precisely why Gary's Black Lives Matter posts were so empty because they were performative. You don't care about Black Lives, girl. You never have. Your followers don't. And so y'all can sit here and you can fail together because that's what you're doing. You're failing. And we over here at the Sussex Squad, girl, we hope your show fails too. We hope that fails too. You don't have to worry about me watching it. Not a stream will come from my household. However, I don't even want to see that shit by accident. However, you know, we going to be streaming, streaming Netflix because that's what we do over here. But I hope it fails because at the end of the day, it doesn't happen without Megan. Remember, before Megan joined the royal family, Gary was posting about Kellyanne Conway and Melania Trump. Gary, girl, you got the fans you deserve. You got the fans you deserve. And we love to see it. And you want to know why we really love to see it? See, because these people would take that same energy. I mean, it was stoked and almost, you could you could even argue, created, at least on Instagram, right there at his page. And even before Sussex Royal created their Instagram, Harry and Meghan on Instagram, you had all the Karens and all the Emilys, all the right wing tarts who just feel like Megan stole their man, honey. They would big up each other. 
right there in his comments and he wouldn't say anything about it. You know what? He will block people who challenged him on his bullying of Megan. But you know what they would do? Especially after Sussex Royal became an Instagram, they would take that energy right off of Gary's page and they would dump it right onto Sussex Royal or any posts out of the royal family that showed Megan or Harry, especially Megan. And that energy still exists today. And even today, they beg him to post about Megan so that they can get all their hate out. Because now the places where they can dump it, dump it is pretty limited because Instagram is now changing their policy where negative and nasty, abusive comments won't even show up. So they're really running out of room. It was so terrible to the point where even now when Harry and Megan are doing virtual events and the associated Instagram account will post that Harry and Megan did an interview or Megan did an interview and here they come. And then what happens is they have to turn their comments off. These people have gone to folks' charities. They go into other celebrity celebrities pages that have posted Megan or anything in support of Megan. Oh, I'm unfollowing you. I don't like this. Oh, they've gone to Netflix. They definitely went to Netflix. I mean, just nastiness to where people are turning off the comments just so it's not a cesspool because that turns the good people away. You know, I mean, <laughs> we love to see your utter flop because Harry and Megan don't know how to do that. We don't know her. We don't know flop, but y'all do. Because that's what, that's, that's what y'all were born into. That's your birthright is to flop. So we, we enjoy it. We enjoy it and we can't wait to see more of it. And also speaking of flops, uh, Prince William has decided to write a foreword for a cookbook. Um, I wonder where we've seen that from. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure it's been talked about pretty much everywhere except for here. How desperate, how desperate how obvious you know it's kind of like the whole Earthshot prize and I'm not even paying attention to these types of things that much but even that was someone else's idea Khadija's over here dressing like Megan we haven't seen a coat dressed since the Commonwealth Service and they still can't manage to get it together we know that Harry and Megan are the blueprint they know that we've been new but it's a little embarrassing to see how to the T you're trying to emulate that. Um, doesn't make you look good, right? Because y'all were the ones who were supposed to be like what this whole thing was all about. The future king, future queen. Girl, when y'all gonna set some standards? Do you have any? Uh, and it's good to see that Harry's just over in California happy as a hog because my man's is full of ideas. And... He knows that everything him and his wife touch turns to go. And he know he can put a lawsuit together for his son and win. They got that power. <laughs> they got that power the others wish they had. And the irony is they have all the resources. They have all the reason in the world to have all of the power. And they are still chasing Harry and Meghan. And boy, are they mad about it because Harry has that Netflix deal that William wanted. He has an entire country in his corner that is not even his birth country standing behind him because we absolutely adore Megan and we have always adored Harry. And we also love the fact that the two of them knew they could start over in this country. Like they knew if it didn't work out in England for some reason, 
they had somewhere to go. And here they are. Here they are. They are home, girl. We got your prince. And we got our princess. And honestly, not to harp on Will too much, but there's one thing that I think always needs to be understood about his motivations. This is how I how I view everything that he does or how I color my view of everything he does. William is essentially trapped. You ever thought about it? He's trapped. What's he going to do? He can't leave and go to another country like Harry can. He's always been told what to do, how to behave, and he was never actually free. And he won't be until the day he is no longer. Really, unless he was going to do what the actual abdicator did. They keep talking about, oh, well, Harry and Meghan essentially pretty much abdicated. Well, girl, Harry ain't going to never be your king because he don't want to be. And y'all got three heirs because Betty is still on the throne and they all in waiting. She she don't appear to be going nowhere. Philip is basically like, you know what I'm saying? He out here. He he got another decade up in him, probably. Um, and all the rest of them can do is wait. But they love to compare Harry and Meghan to Wallace and Edward when really Harry is not your king. Edward was actually the king, you know, when he abdicated. And so William ain't going to do that. Because what is he going to do? They tried to say that about Harry and Meghan. Well, what are they going to do? Well, now they're showing you what they're doing and they're doing it. But the same cannot be said for the other two. So that are, you know, their peers. And so everything that William does, it feels like, especially now that we keep having more and more evidence, it feels like it's out of bitterness, out of resentment at Harry's freedom. And, you know, if you really think about it, that might be a way to justify the way that you treated your little brother and his new wife when they were over there. Because ultimately, he has something over you for the rest of his days. And that is the lack of the obligation that you have, that you were born into. Everybody told you you were the big shit. Well, it turns out you don't even want to be the king. And Harry said very young, and you know, nobody wakes up wanting to be king. I damn sure don't. And um, he told Will, you know, I get to do what I want to do. As a little boy, he said, I get to do what I want to do. You don't. And part of me thinks William has always sort of resented Harry for that. Harry has always been free. Yeah, he got a tough time in the press when he was younger. But he's always been free to do what he wants to do. And that's probably why he has creative freedom compared to William. If you really want to go there. They expected to always be able to treat Harry like the redheaded stepchild, as it were, just because they've always treated him that way. That was the status quo. And they really wanted to treat him that way after he married a black woman. They never accounted for the fact that the media, thus the way people see the Sussexes in this day and age and the royal family, the way we see the royal family, because we don't see them the same way. They never accounted for the fact that that would pull them through when they needed it the most. And that the royal family would not be able to dictate the narrative the way they had been able to in the 90s, in the 80s, and before. And that's why Sussex Squad is so important. Harry even acknowledged us unofficially in one of those statements where he was defending his wife, the one when they were about to leave Africa, saying, you may not realize it, but we need that support more than you think we do. 
And in the same documentary, he said, if you know like I know, or if you knew the things that I knew, you would feel the way that I feel too. You would be as defensive as I am too about my wife. So don't play with Henry. And on that same token though, the royal family can't even dictate their own narrative, even when the press is on their side. And it goes, again, it goes back to the ones that are actually carrying the royal family and the relevance of the royal family. This idea of a modern royal family are actually the younger ones. So Will and Kate. William don't got no aims in his life. How can you when everybody's telling you that one day you're going to be king? One day you're going to be one of the most powerful people in the world just because of the order that you were born in and because of who you were born to. The boy ain't got no aims. He, he's never had to scrap for anything. Ever. But Harry and Meghan, on the other hand, they are scrappy. They have had to hustle. In their contexts, Harry lived in a little cottage, bro. Him and Meghan used to be in Nottingham Cottage, bro. I mean, if he wanted a bigger place to live, he could have. But Harry's always been very scrappy. Harry went to war. He didn't have to. Meghan didn't grow up rich. Meghan did work study in college. Meghan made her own way in the world. Them other folks can't relate, is what I'm saying. And there are people who think Harry and Meghan deserve nothing. And ironically, they're ending up with all the things that matter. All the things that matter. And gobs of money is the least of these. But best believe they got that too. While those who truly have everything are passionless persons who have never worked for anything. All they've ever done is nothing. So it's no surprise that they copy and paste everything. And the latest thing, again, the foreword for that cookbook for what is it? Passages, homeless, shelter. Not that it hadn't been done before, but girl, we know you copying off of Megan. I told somebody recently that in their next joint Zoom, Will and Kate are going to have a dog jump on the couch, just like Harry and Megan did. Because that's what that's what you that's what you do. That's what you do when you copy and paste. That's what you do. Honey, Kate finna have her leather pants on. You just watch. There are a lot more things I need to get into. Unfortunately, I won't be able to do them on this podcast. I got to run and go do some things. But I, I haven't even gotten a chance to talk about Kate Middleton's uncle yet. Uh, oh, but I will. Uh, or this this Republican congressperson. For those of you who are not American, Republican just means conservative. Think Donald Trump, girl, because he's a Republican. Uh, not actually in the sense of a Republican in England, which is something con- completely different. Uh, a Republican right wing conservative uh, congressperson has now made it his business to ask for the queen to remove Harry and Meghan's titles as well. Uh, I will get into this much more, but I just think like, see, this is what I mean about the whole right wing push. This is brand new. This is what I mean about the whole right wing. But somebody has gotten to this guy. Somebody has said, Hey, you, you, you be our pawn. Probably paid him, uh, which I believe that would be illegal. But, uh, if that ever was found out, but girl, you ain't got no business worrying about Harry and Meghan's titles. Meghan for one is an American citizen. She's an American citizen. And she certainly does have the right to tell people to go vote. 
And so all you're kind of doing and all these people that are hating on Megan for saying, yeah, go vote. And then saying, oh, well, we want to strip you of your titles. All you're doing is just confirming what she's saying, that this is actually the most important election of our lifetime. And that, you know, stamping out hate speech is actually a worthy cause. Because if that makes you mad, you might want to look at yourself in the, in the mirror a little bit more. Uh, but I knew when I saw this that this was a conservative. I knew it. Because who tends to create non-existent beefs with Harry and Meghan? Is it someone who's liberal-minded or even moderate? Or is it always a conservative? You guessed it. Uh, I, 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 I just keep being made aware of how powerful Harry and Meghan actually are. You know, and it must really grind people's gears that there's not one thing that anybody can say to them, criticize them for. Even the president of the United States is talking about, oh, well, I wish Harry luck. Girl, that didn't, that didn't make her look bad. It made you, the president, look like the buffoon you are. Y'all can't take them down. And you must be hot about it. Like, y'all must be hot. Uh, I stand a powerful pair. I stand a powerful pair. And with that, I must say that is about all I have for today. Thank you guys for tuning in. This was a long one, probably the longest podcast I've done I'm gonna try to cut it down. <laughs> I'm gonna try to cut down a little bit. But uh, thank you for always uh, tuning in and for participating in the chat. Those of you that are here, uh, those of you that are on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen, thank you for tuning in. And, you know, the Twitter sitch, let me get into that just really briefly. Screw Twitter. I'm, I'm still on there, girl. Don't worry about it. But I'm still on there. But, uh, yeah, you know, you might be looking for, you know, the old podcast. Twitter is no longer there. R.I.P. Uh, and, you know, I'll let you know one way or the other what my new Twitter is. Not really advertising it at this point, uh, at this stage, I should say. But it's crazy how other Twitter accounts can just stay up making making all kind of threats to people, uh, physical threats and here they go, suspending a little on me. So that's probably won't that probably won't come back. But you can definitely find me on Instagram at Sussex Set. You can find me on Twitter somewhere. Okay. <laughs> and you can find me at Patreon uh at Sussex Set. Thank you guys as always for tuning in. Stay healthy, stay sane. If you haven't registered to vote, go vote. Find out if you're in America when you're Early voting starts. Many states have already started voting early. And to reiterate what our faith said, yeah, this is the most important election in our lifetimes, not just for America, but really for the world because of America being what America is, which is a world power. We might not have a standing we had four years ago before Donald Trump took office and when Barack Obama was leaving it, but we still have a lot of influence. And so Go to the polls and not only go, make sure your folks are registered. Make sure your people, everybody that you know that should be registered and voting are doing just that. And I'll make sure that I do the same. So with that, I hope you guys take care. Definitely stay tuned because I have a lot more content coming. 
now that I got this, you know, saying new computer ain't going to take me forever in a day to make a video, you feel, uh, and I will be here. All right. So take care. And until next time, peace. I'm a bad bitch. You can't kill me. Kill me.